two, three, four. You're listening to Felony Podcast on the Startup Radio Network. The Felony Podcast explores ex-felons that have gone on to launch their own startups. We explore the ups, the downs, the behind-the-bar stories with these founders. Felony Podcast airs every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Hi, welcome to Felony Inc., everybody. Um, this is my first time uh, hosting this all by myself. Um, Lad and Dave, if you're out there listening, um, I miss you. <laughs> um, I guess today we're going to be... Uh, I got. Oh, yeah, let me tell you about this guy. One of my little sidekicks I brought in just to throw him in the mix. <laughs> His name is Man From Mars. Or is it Mars Man From? It's Mars Man From. He's one of my tattoo artists down at uh, Murder, Inc., downtown Portland. Morning, everybody. And who are you? Oh, <laughs> no, that's none of your business. No, <laughs> um, I'm Mark Gailey. Um, I own Murder, Inc. It's a tattoo shop downtown Portland. And we got, like, uh, I don't know, anywhere from 7 to 11 incredible artists. Um, yeah, it's awesome. So, uh, that's anything else that you want to ask me? How's how's business going anyway? You get you feeling any recession coming I, on or? Uh, you know what? Um, no, I don't feel any recession, but I feel any. Uh, I feel a, a regression from some of the artists that are just like just totally against the grain. So I don't know. <laughs> I wish everyone could uh, open and close and keep a schedule, but we're working on that. We're tattoo artists, and we are unique. Uh, Entrepreneurish um, individuals. Sure, um, we're not perfect, but we do create some incredible art. I guess that's why that one guy cut his ear off and gave it to a girl. There you go. That's, <laughs> that, that'll do it. I mean, we do stuff like that. I don't know. Um, I haven't cut my ear off yet, but <laughs> you, you're not ruling it out. Oh, it yeah. sounds like. Oh, looks <laughs> looks like I got Scott laughing in there. Okay, <laughs> so. Uh, is that right, Mars? That's true. I mean, he renamed himself Mars Man from just to piss off the police. I think is that why you did it? Uh, I I was just looking for a catchy name that that wouldn't be uh, uh, easily forgotten when I uh, you know pushed my paintings out there. Oh, I like that. But let me tell you something about that. Um, uh, us reformed knucklehead ex-convicts, we're not perfect. Um, we we run up against you know. Police contact, et cetera, et cetera. Um, <laughs> let me tell you a story about one time with uh, the bus. I think his name got me arrested once for. <laughs> um, I'm Oops. not going to a stolen license plate on our tattoo tour bus, which I'm not stealing a license plate on a. I don't know. It's a forty thousand or some plus uh, dollar bus, but I was down in Springfield at my mom's house, which is you know. Anyways, next thing you know there's a stolen license plate on my bus. Um, they're asking Mars what his name is and I'm just cooperating being cool next thing you know I'm getting cuffed up for a stolen license plate I blame that on you dude well I, d I didn't know that you had, you had put that on me <laughs> I couldn't great. think of no other reason I, I, I surely was I, uh, inciting them to, to <laughs> do something now how did it get on there I, that we don't know it was just appeared I think some tweakers uh, like like saw that there was a bus that was probably legit and they could take the license plate and put it on their stolen car and they there had it, and they put it they they traded it with a stolen license plate so we wouldn't notice or I don't know that's not, some high end stuff I don't yeah, it's some high end <laughs> I don't understand I don't know what um I don't know what the thought process was for uh that plate ending up on my bus <laughs> but yeah it did and um anyways uh yeah 
they basically dismissed that charge from me because, uh, you know, there's no real proof that I stole it. But. Yeah, that was the quickest out of jail time I'd ever seen in well, my life. Well, I actually had I actually had a credit card I had to bail out on. Now I'm still paying a high interest. Um, <laughs> I'm paying like 36% interest on that bailout. Oh, <laughs> um, anyways, I put the card in remission and I'm just making payments. So don't get credit cards, people. <laughs> Business tip number one. <laughs> Is that right, Scott? Scott? Yeah. This whole the whole beginning of this has been. <laughs> That's what you know, one look. Never underestimate a tweaker. All right. I, you but know exactly. This, I don't. Yeah, I do not understand. I see them every day around downtown. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and so, yeah. So here you go. Yeah. Tips for kids. All right. Don't bail <laughs> yeah. out on a credit card and never underestimate a tweaker. Life <laughs> <laughs> lessons. Yeah. Don't yeah. bail. I'd love that, Scott. Yes. Don't bail out on a credit card. You know what? Hey, that's a T-shirt design for you down at the tattoo shop. Um, you know, that will make you millions right there. It, it would. I had another one too. I just thought of, oh, anyways, <laughs> I'll think of it. It'll, the epiphany will hit me again. I'm going to talk about, let's talk about, um, your history first of all, because we know you ended up doing something cool, but, um, let's go back to the very beginning, how you became a, I guess an ex-con or a knucklehead as yeah, um, Mr. Doll would uh, call it. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's interesting to um, to to see where what's happened since then. But all right, so the, my my story is basically this: I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I was the kid who would have stopped by the pharmacy on the way to school, buy the ten cent candy, and I sold it to you for twenty five. I was also the kid who experimented with, and this might be showing my age, but cinnamon toothpicks and stuff like that, and trying to sell those in uh, school. Do you mind if I ask um, how old you are? I'm 46. Oh, I'm 54, and I remember cinnamon toothpicks. Uh, okay, see, there you go. You just showed your age. Um, yeah, anyhow, uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I've always had that spirit. And then when I got high for the first time at uh, 15, with probably within a month or two, you know, somehow, some way, I started trying to figure out how can I sell this. And, you know, and I dealt drugs from whenever, you know, somewhere between 15 and 16 to when I got popped in my thirties, um, you know, and, you know, thank God it happened, you know, and when the few people in life that says, thank God I got busted, um, I, because I had the life that I do today. I'm not dead. No, I totally get cool. that. I totally get that. Yeah. You know, um, you know, the guy who narked on me didn't see a bit of jail time, but thank God he did. And, you know, and, <laughs> and you know, I mean, you know, that's just the reality is, is it? Yes. Does time suck? Yes. Time sucks. And, but at the same time too, you know, I, it was my first charge. I managed to deal drugs and whatever else I was doing in my life. Uh, I, I worked with inside of a, it's just a, a group of friends, more or less, you know, I, I wasn't the guy who took a lot of risk with standing, you know, dealing with people I didn't know or, you know, uh, just ran, the random people. And so um, when it finally happened, you know, I was the only one that ever got in trouble. Um, I realized that. That was always me. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, you know, um, no one else had gotten DUIs or anything else. You know, it, it, it's, I was the, uh, you know, if they did, it was like, okay, I got a DUI, but then they, they'd never had gotten caught again. I'd only known a couple of people who had done some jail or prison time, you know? And so I didn't have a lot of experience in this. And, um, 
Essentially, you know, the, the the powers of the universe sat me down for three years. I got caught with about 190-ish grams of cocaine. So um, in the state of North Carolina, the mandatory sentencing uh, doubles at 200 grams. So I did 36 to, no, 35 to 42 months. So, you know, so just shy of three years uh, with good time. And then that doubles at 200. So I was just under that, right? Um, and you didn't, have, you didn't know that when you were doing that. You just... You know, I, I'm I'm the kind of person. I know, like my dealer, uh, my dealer actually passed away in the time uh, that uh, we all sort of got busted at the same time because it was a domino effect. Um, but I remember one time going to him, and because of my spirit, he looked at me and said, "You need to slow down, dude. You don't know what you're doing." I didn't care. I didn't think about the repercussion. I just wanted to deal more, sell more, do more. You know. Um, because this is a funny thing that Dave couldn't understand. The last time I was on is, you know, I got addicted to cocaine and didn't even like cocaine. I've never had the rush or that anybody else has ever had. Um, uh, you know, and that I was addicted to the process. I was addicted to the mirror. I was addicted to everything but an, a high. The ritual. And, the, yeah, the ritual. And I couldn't even, I could not stop. I'd gotten to about a five gram a day habit on average. And, you know, I, I was the guy who I'd start chopping it up. Right. So if, if things came in a bag um, and there was any kind of shake, instead of having anybody complain that I'm cutting it or anything else, which is something I just never did. If, if wherever it got cut, it, it was not by me. So I threw, I threw stuff, everything into a, um, a coffee grinder, grind it up throw it in a bowl and I'd be sitting there bagging stuff up and whether I'm using a teaspoon or a tablespoon, whatever I did, I just dip uh, a big old scoop and snort. If a gram went up, a gram went up Ugh. and it was just whatever that was, you know, and, and that's, and that's the thing is the, the very guy who's selling it to me dies of a heart attack and uh, like a seizure all at the same time. It was weird from what I'm being told. You know, this is stuff that kills people, and I did not have any respect for who I'd become or who I was, uh, you know. And so, you know, thank God it happened. I'm glad it did. You know, I'm glad it it all came down to sitting my ass down for three years and uh, finally met some men who taught me how to be the man that I needed to be or start to become. Um, It's, you know, is the beginning of my road of sobriety. I've been sober now over 12 years. Uh, and I've gotten just to have cool experiences ever since then. No, yeah. But, yeah. You know, but as you know, hey, if I, if we were still the tweaker on the street, right, we'd be just switching license plates. <laughs> right. I wouldn't come out of my house. I was that kind of tweaker. I was just like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not you going know, out I mean, there. I remember, you know, at that point in time, I had a girlfriend at the time who she went out and got a, she bought herself like a, oh, uh, you know, Maybe 2008. This is this is two. Th- no, hold on. It was 2006 or 2007 when I got busted. So let's say she bought like a 2005 convertible red Mustang, and to get, to celebrate, we went out and got drunk and we're driving that thing around. <laughs> like that's intelligent. Right. Good decisions. Yeah. So that's where I was in life, and so that's to fast forward. You know, I, I mean, I. You know, so I end up in three years, and then I get come home, and I've sort of I've volunteered with inmates to entrepreneurs for a couple for several years now, and you know I've operated my own business, and you know I get a lot of really okay. cool opportunities. 
Okay, Scott, let's, let's, um, okay, we get all that. Let's go back to where, so while you were in prison, were you thinking about, did your entrepreneurship kick in? Were you thinking I could do this fitness stuff because you're around fitness equipment and you're seeing like, uh, you know, this, uh, the vision or aha moment where you, um, visualized your business while you were in prison. Is that, is there a point where you, that came about? You know, not, not, not anything close to that clear all right, so uh, I made mention of inmates to entrepreneurs. Our founder, Brian Hamilton, um, when he, he'd been going into prison since the 90s and talking to people about entrepreneurship, and, but when he finally decided to start an, a nonprofit or something around it, and he called it inmates to entrepreneurs, we're pretty sure I was in the second class that he ever did in the prison. Um, so with that said, he got my juices flowing, but when I came home, I discovered the second sentence and how hard it is to get a job. And um, and let me put things in perspective. I'm tall, I'm white, I'm blonde, I'm blue-eyed, and I was still getting my butt handed to me. You know, no white privilege here. I was making nine, nine fifty an hour when I got home. At thirty, how old was I? I was thirty-eight. <laughs> yeah. And I and so um it I really was, came down to actually an opportunity. Just I started working as a um as a contractor for someone doing fitness equipment and I started to starve because I didn't know I wasn't doing residential and residential fitness equipment is very seasonal, uh, at least here in North Carolina. Uh so when people go on vacation and stuff like that, when school lets out, the people aren't going into going home to break their stuff and I need you to break your stuff for me to fix it. So, um, uh, my girlfriend, uh, now wife said, Hey, why don't you start your own business? And here we are eight years later. Awesome. You know, so it was, it was, it wasn't on purpose, you know, but it, it's natural for me to, I, I think big at all times. I don't think small, go big or go home. Dude, I drive my staff nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm like, hey, you know what? So this show is inspirational to me too. Actually, I'm going to, um, um, grab onto that, um, go big or go home. Uh, and my, I'm going to drive my staff nuts. Thank you for that. Oh, dude, I'll, I'll admit, you know, it's, it's, so my tagline in life is world domination. And I, I mean, I tag everything. I, okay. I I'm, I'm, I'm going to start tagging it too. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> I love dude, it. We'll do it together. I just yeah, hashtag chill. world domination. You know, if you, if you look in the, in the happy world of hashtags, probably 98% of those will be me. Um, I even send it, I, I will even reply to email to a customer and end with my name, world domination. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, uh, I share it with everybody. I think yeah, I, I, this podcast is, uh, I'm kind of selfish. I'm going <laughs> to, I get stuff out of this. I love it. I'm going to oh, yeah. apply Dude, that. Man, I'd love to be in y'all's, y'all's shoes. You get to, you know, you get to talk to someone who is dropping knowledge on a regular basis, hopefully, you know? Absolutely. Um, you learn tricks of the trade. You, you have those aha moments. You go, dude, he just talked about exactly what I need to be doing for my whatever my business nope, is. Nope, I just know? got that. I do need that. Yep. I've been trying to reinvent things because it's been kind of stale, So, um, and I need to light a little fire. So I'm doing it. World domination. World domination. Go big or go home. Yes, exactly. Nobody and, wants and, to go home. And never. <laughs> I do. I want to go home and sleep. And, 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 never, <laughs> and, and never bail out on a credit card. Yeah, it's never jail. <laughs> I'm gonna remember that too. This is awesome, Scott. Okay, I remember my first time I did the podcast. I was super nervous. I couldn't even. My throat was swollen. And I was like, oh. 
So yeah, I, get I, it. I just got into back into my fair city Portland here about a week ago and uh, uh, trying to get it all together. I just not snatched, getting a whole lot of sleep. I just snatched him up this morning and said, hey, come on, you're going to this, check out this podcast. He goes, what is it? I go, don't worry about it. <laughs> check this. I go, just just come with me. I go, your name's Mars Man from it. It'll sound good. <laughs> just talk. <laughs> yeah, just say something. So, yeah. Hey. Anyways, ask him some questions. I need to... <clears throat> clear my throat. So, uh, so you're you're doing you're doing this uh, equipment repair on a uh, what is the scale of this? So you're just talking about how it wasn't residential. So you're doing it for or like fitness corporations. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So um, well, God, we've we've reached this interesting part. Is we've we've I'm surprised how big we've gotten. Um, all right. So Woo-hoo. yeah. So we are we're probably about 98 percent commercial. Um, we do, we perform installation, repair, and maintenance for a vast majority of, of the bigger dealers inside of the U S as well as the manufacturers. Um, and our footprint for install, install and service are always going to have a different footprint because you can't keep install. You, I'm, I'm never installing in my own yard. Never. My guys are always going two, three, four, five, six hours away, you know? And so, um, but our footprint right now is basically Southern PA. So it's easy just to say Philly, mm-hmm. uh, Delaware, Maryland, DC, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina. Um, we just opened, uh, Orlando. So Florida, that's why I, I literally flew in from Florida. I've been up since three thirty this morning. Um, uh, you know, and, uh, then we are working on, we go to Atlanta, um, but we are working on opening in Atlanta as well. Damn, that's a big spread. Yeah, our service text, hey, dude, if you, you know, if you're mechanical and whatnot, we've we've developed this program. Uh, where we're basically working on franchising, and uh, I want a couple over here on the West Coast. I know there's so many fitness uh, places popping up everywhere, and they're not going anywhere. People, oh, no, they're not. They're not. Um, do they have that over here? I don't know. I've never. That's something that you. What you've thought oh, yeah. of is something that needs to be done. That I'm sure if I owned a, a 24-hour fitness or 10 of them, I'd just hire someone to maintain them or install them. That'd be easy. I wouldn't have to worry about it or do it myself. Or it just save me a lot of headache just for a little bit of extra money, which I could have probably yeah. put into my budget. So, yeah, a couple of my major manufacturers come out of California. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's. There's installation repair people everywhere. In fact, we're having to, we're rebranding our name because um, our name is Fit Tech and Assembly. And many moons ago, when I didn't know any better, and I named this company, well, Fit Tech is like there's like thirty or forty of them across oh. the nation. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so here recently, we've been having we've been paying the price on a regular basis for another Fit Tech doing something bad and and you know we lose out on business happened just the other day we lost a work order uh that was given to us because the customer had another fit tech which some bozo just south of me right literally an hour south of me had a different name and some reason he wanted to change his name to fit tech or something like that (laughs) and you know but i said hey the average person who does like the mom and pop shop who is a repair shop you know they don't know their butt from a hole in the ground and aren't smart enough to look around to see what's actually around them. And they do stupid shit. And we actually lost a work order, you know, like 
the customer called back and said, we know it wasn't you, but the customer doesn't want you to come over because of the experience of someone who had the name Fit Tech. And he's literally an hour south of me. Well, you know what I was thinking is I see Fit Tech and Assembly, right? If you, like, mm-hmm. um, abbreviate the Assembly, it'd just be Fit Tech and Ass. And that yeah, would be a I catchy know. name. No one could mistake that. No, no, no. F and A, buddy. F and A. <laughs> Fit Tech and Ass. All right. Yep. Oh, uh, yep. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna completely Hold rebrand. On. I we think we've go got our commercial name. break. All right, good deal. Commercial break. Commercial money. break. So we gotta pay the bills, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So world domination. World domination. CPA dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you, and we'll send you a very special surprise. Seriously, we will. Today's episode of the Felony Inc. podcast is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. Publicize handles all communications with the media and any content required to do this, such as press releases, editorial pitches, etc. And they offer a wide range of PR products and abilities out of which you can construct the PR package right for the future of your business. Oh, man, I miss Lad. <laughs> Lad, if you're out there, what's up, bro? Anyways, um, so let's get back to the uh, fit, temely and a- fit Tech and Ass Assembly. <laughs> <laughs> I have, sorry, Scott. I was trying to, re- I was trying to help you rebrand your uh, brand name. So anyways, I get it. So the Murder, Inc. thing, that's why Murder, Inc. is awesome because they're not. They're actually, like, two weeks after I renamed mine, some friend of mine on Facebook's friend over in Ohio renamed their shop from OG Inc. to Murder Inc. They stole my name like that. And it's funny because I there, there was a connection on Facebook and somehow they suddenly just changed their name after I just announced Murder Inc. But anyways, mm-hmm. I, I, I consider that flattering. Good for them. That's a good name. <laughs> so anyways, um, let's, uh, let's keep this rolling because this is pretty awesome that you have this incredible business. So, um, so now you're uh, super big now. Yeah, um, how many employees do you have anyway? Yeah. Um, we are the headquarters probably, what do we have, 11, 12 of us. Because you're, you're relatively spread out, right? Because it's not like, we're not like plumbers where everybody is your customer, you know? Um, so, and, so there's like in the whole state, let's just use the state of North Carolina, right? Um, there's what, maybe 75 techs total in the whole state and or you know or or maybe even less that are actually working in the industry and this is guys who just work in warehouses refurbing equipment and then maybe you have another you know uh 40 that are out and about and then you got you know uh you know a, a less that are installing or something there's just not a lot of us it's a niche it's a very defined niche okay. it's such a niche i don't even give out uh, I don't even give you out business cards anymore because you're not my customer. You know, it's just. It, so here's it's, here's the um, question everybody wants to know: Have you have you broke a million dollars yet? I am standing at the freaking doorstep, <laughs> and yes. and it's like and, and what kills me is that 
I should have done it. I, I should do it this year, but my, I can, I don't know. My summer just for install. So install is like if it's a beast, you know. So because mm-hmm. you have warehousing, we have lease trucks, the whole nine yards. So if it drops out, it starts pulling money away. And for us here, actually in North Carolina, our install dropped out while DC was doing great and, and other stuff was doing great, but ours dropped out for some reason. Well, I don't know why. Um, I had several of my key customers, my salespeople, decided to change jobs and go to other places, which is fine. But I literally had three key salespeople go somewhere else, and they have to get their sea legs somewhere else. And I've only recently started getting those salespeople replaced out of these dealers or manufacturers. So, uh, you know, kudos for them. But that just told me that I need to do much better on my install side. Um of things but however kicking up florida i could still reach it i'm like you know it's it's going to be iffy either way so this business there's not a lot of overhead really because you just need some workers some tools and some knowledge and a game plan is that correct it's not like you have to it's not like you're buying like these uh million dollar pieces of equipment to make sure you can maintain these machines so you need like lubrication uh cables uh you know Stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's pretty um, low as long overhead, as right? Service. As long as it's service, um, if you stay on the service side, then yeah, you, you, obviously your your manpower is your most expensive. Um, and then you know, and, I mean, we're using software just like anybody else. We're using field service software, which keeps all of our guys mobile and and working in real time. Obviously, our vehicles. Uh, you know, when you uh, we, GPS tracked. Yeah, we GPS track everything. Um, it's funny. I can tell you when people on my staff have been drug dealers. I, sh- um, I, I should. Uh, I should GPS track my tattoo artist. <laughs> I want to know where the hell you've been. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know. Uh, um, but as soon as you add an installation, right? Then you have a warehouse. Then you have to, you know, you're either renting uh, large Penske trucks or rider trucks, whatever. Um, you know, I'm now. I'm busy enough. I lease mine, uh, which is a little bit more cost effective. But so installation has a fair amount of overhead you know uh, i'm small compared to the other groups in the area as far as on the install side um and the average average person in this industry if they when they you're usually breaking a million um for sure they are they have a, a, a dealership component to them they are selling equipment and have service i don't sell equipment all right. Ever. So I am doing I'm doing something that the average person, as far as I know, does not often do just on the service side, the way I'm growing, um, which is cool. You know, but I am also I've made a fair amount of mistakes in that process. And um, some of I have yet to tip over the canoe, though. So we're good. No, mistakes are awesome. I mean, you can either like fold up or you can learn from them and get better. Yep. Yep, and we try to learn, you know, and we've made blunders, you know. We've we've gotten we've made emotional decisions around here that have lost us uh, you know, accounts that start at $16,000 that were like straight up money before we even start adding in their repairs and things like that, you know. And it, they were all just, you know, emotional decisions. Um, you know, I've gone round and round with manufacturers that when I probably should have just shut my mouth yeah, the um, the worst decisions I made were based on emotion. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because you know what? Because the, the that's business to business. There's no room for a lot of emotion, right? 
because no one cares. The marketplace doesn't care about your emotions. Yeah, they do, it doesn't. No, you know, it just doesn't. It's um, just this isn't a family, you know. But um, so, but it's cool. You know, we, we got good running. We got some good legs right now underneath us. We got some really good staff members right now. We're in a good place. We've had to. I've had to. God, I've had to really just learn more and more about trying to become the best leader that I can be. And I still do a lot wrong but i'm also you know I'm, I'm pretty good at going back and if i've overstepped my bounds apologizing um i'm welcome the first to, my, to recognize welcome to my you know, yep Get yep it. and stuff so um but it's pretty cool you know and we look forward to uh it, we we branched out too we're just not fitness equipment um we do the vast majority of the installation or and um repair work for hydro massage uh, you ever been mm. to Planet Fitness? Oh, and, no, but yeah, I've tried those before. Those are incredible. Yeah, we got a wonderful relationship with them. Uh, we've we've been playing around tanning beds here recently, which is an interesting curve. Um, but we like it, the little bit that we've done. And we've also, uh, we got this like sort of fledgling, might happen, might not. It might just end up being filler work, uh, institutional kind of work going on. So we've... Uh, for a company, a national company, we built bleachers. You should get a them. prison contract because they have like certain uh, things that they do with their uh, fitness equipment. They got to be tethered or whatever. So, you know, I don't know if they do that back there, but all are because of um, whatever. The, the, they couldn't have the free weight, so they put like little lines through them or just went to um, other types of fitness equipment. Hmm. That's yeah, a- that's I don't, here. I mean, my my experience, obviously, on a weight pile here is very uh, it's I'm ignorant because I really was only at three camps. The camp that I was processed at, mm-hmm. then I went, then they sent me over to the uh, to Wilmington, which is at the coast. And then uh, I went to where uh, close to where I live here now in a camp called Hillsboro, which was just it's a 180 man camp, you know, and um, we have a Hillsboro small. here. Yeah, there's a lot of Hillsboroughs in the world, you know, uh, but uh, so w- we keep trying, we keep knocking at doors to find new veins to tap. You know, what we are always like, you know, discovering that, oh, if we can get into this hospital group, oh, wow, they have, they're going to, we could potentially have all the rehabs mm-hmm. and, and stuff. So it's, you're always looking for something new. Um, and different, but we've tried to, um, diversify what we do because unfortunately I hate to say it, but my industry, um, is sort of in a race to the bottom when it comes to pricing. Uh, we've gotten in this culture of low ball and oh, we get it's that. not cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, not cool. You know? We get that. Yeah. Um, and so I'm finding other industries that aren't in the culture of low ball. They, they value the work. So, you know, fitness equipment and price keeps going up. And as far as like doing warranty work for our our provide our, our manufacturers out there, um, we've not seen a raise in the nine years that I've been in business in, in the industry and in eight years as a business owner. There's not been one raise, but fitness equipment keeps going up. You know, hmm. and stuff. So um, yeah. So you know, but that's okay. That's cool. And so that's part of also our rebranding too is our new name when we release it will not be fitness equipment oriented. And you're not it disclosing will, that at this time. <laughs> no, I'm not. I like that. No, okay. No, because also too, it's going to allow me to um, reintroduce myself into some markets where we, when we were younger and made missteps 
and uh, you know we'll be able to get back into the market. We step those. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Reintroduce ourselves. I'm actually. Not, I'm excited for you. That's a great. I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's scary though, man. It's scary. You know, because all right. Nah. So you guys have been tattooing and whatnot, and you know when you change your name, right? It's like, well, here's this is my identity. It's all right. So I was explaining to to you know one of our staff members that it's like you know having really long hair and then cutting it off and then dyeing it a different color all at the same time. It's like, well, this is who I was, and this is now who I am. It's like, huh, you know. Oh, it's sort of, is, if, does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, you that's know? why so, somehow I can do all kinds of weird stuff with my hair. I can do a mohawk. I could actually, I have white hair, so I could dye it, polka dots. Mm-hmm. I yep. have one look. It's called bald. <laughs> <laughs> I have no. He's an alien. I don't get the joy of he's an alien trying different hairstyles anymore. Well, I shaved my hair this summer uh, completely off because I, I had a, I, I got a wonderful experience. I got to go to the White House and what? Um, yeah, I got to go to the White House. We need to talk about that. Ago. Nobody ever gets to go to the White House. Was it Trump? Yes, yeah, it's, it's for Trump. Uh, it's for his, his, no, his I second. don't care. Well, no, it's, it's the White House, dude. It was fun. Um, it, it was okay. So. Uh, Again, being a part of Inmates and Entrepreneurs has a lot of benefits um, in some ways. And so we're, uh, I'm on the board there. And, and Brian had been up to the White House once for the, um, the release of uh, Second Chance Act. And, um, and so that was the document signing. And we were sitting in a board meeting, and he, he looks over at me and goes, I got to go to the White House. You want to go? You want to go to the White House? Let me see what I can do. And this is on a Monday, and he says, "Just is your schedule open for Thursday?" And so I said, "Well, yeah, I guess." Um, I didn't think much of it, and then Wednesday I got a phone call, and you know when the, the White, Secret when Service. See, well, yeah, I mean when you see when you see a Washington D.C. number come up and and stuff, you're like, "Oh!" And so yeah, they call and they ask some questions and stuff like that, and then they, you know, and I got a couple emails, and and what he was trying to do, he's trying to get me on stage for. Um, for that and then later on that day the wednesday they called and said hey you know we got your tickets you need to be at this gate at this time you will not be on stage uh, okay i didn't whatever um but it was cool i got to sit in front row um it was a speech that he did with kim kardashian because uh, she has put something together there in california too uh, like when you get out you can get like um like a uh, like a bus pass and stuff that has like you know money for like a month to get back and forth to job interviews and oh, things like that. That's so, great you know, when our um, yeah. federal government's being involved in um, something like that. You know, yeah. Celebrities. Yeah, but that was cool. Front front row. Congratulations, you know? that's yeah, awesome. I mean, it's talking about unique. You know, getting it going in. You know, getting. Uh, they just left a let a felon into the White House, which yeah. no, that's you know still talking about Trump. Yeah, we're still talking about Trump. Let me, let me tell you something about Trump. I have to interject here something about Trump. Um, yeah, he's a he's a he's a dipsel fart or whatever you want to call him. But you know what? One of my earliest um, things before he was a whatever he is and turned into a, a dick, whatever. I I read this book called uh, The Art of the Deal. It was a very inspirational book by that guy, um, and I read that in prison, and it actually inspired me to go out and in look into real estate and stuff. So yeah. Um, yeah, that was a cool book and you know, for what it's worth, uh, you know, whatever our president's up to now, um, that book inspired me into business. So, um, 
Well, he's, here's the deal. He's intelligent. But if you think about it, okay, so <laughs> if we look at the previous president, Obama, he was a great orator. That man could whine and dine and talk you into whatever, right? Mm-hmm. He could speak. Trump does not have the same set of language. He just doesn't have a big, <laughs> no. he, he just doesn't have a big, you know, vocabulary at all. And his speeches, I mean, because where I was sitting, I could see his prompter, right? You know, because he's just looking to read. So all the, the babble is his, is his completely. That's not in the speech. Trust me. Okay, we're not going to talk about and, politics. Okay. <laughs> I, that's one thing I learned. Politics and religion. Sometimes religion, maybe. I don't know. But uh, yeah. we're we going to skip over that because, you know, but that's, uh, that's actually very interesting. Um, you know, the White House, that's incredible feat. Um, I want to go next time you go. <laughs> I would love to do that. It's too bad you didn't get on stage. But, um, but we just got to keep this rolling because there's so much um, stuff about you that we need to dig into so uh, you know i keep having a thought come into my head yeah uh, break in what you know obviously this show is about you know the inspiration of uh, people getting out of prison and you know becoming successful entrepreneurs what what kind of barriers did you have coming out of prison that that held you back from succeeding faster hmm. um that's a good question uh well, okay, so first, when you come home, if you've, you know, for those who have only been there once and you come home and you learn what the second sentence is, right, that's that's scary. Um, you know, you, just because you have a felony, suddenly you there's a lot of doors that are shut to you. Right. Um, so entrepreneurship really opens things up. But um, I would say, oh, what did I know? Hmm. You know, I mean, you know, it's a, I, I, you know, I can't say I have a you know clean criminal history. I, I, I have not. I thought you were next con. I, 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 if, if going to prison, you haven't been in prison. I've never been in prison. Pussy. <laughs> I, thought he was hard, I thought you was hardcore, bro. I'm sorry, man. Sorry, it was, I do have this sweater, uh, though. Uh, you do have a Slayer sw- uh, Christmas uh, sweater. No, but I mean, even just being, you know, having misdemeanor charges, I've I've faced like problems, you know, getting housing and and whatnot. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I imagine can't as I as a felon, that would be uh, exaggerated. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, so um, yeah, as soon as you have a felony, probably through most of North America. Uh, that you're not going to live in the vast majority of apartment complexes managed by the national companies or large regional companies. Um, I got it turned down for insurance the other day. I was just filling out um, a, a life insurance policy uh, just randomly just to test pricing, and I got turned down. There's nothing, you know, there's no other reason against, why. Wow. Does that go against your yeah. credit score? Um, wow, the criminals not, won't no, let you get insurance no. because you're a criminal. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of things that just sort of shut down. But see, that's the beauty of entrepreneurship because once you, the, the the level the playing field gets leveled, right? Um, I've been background checked once I know of, maybe twice. I'm not allowed on the military bases anymore. That's fine. I just send my guys. You know, uh, uh, it, a lot of doors do shut that you don't expect. You, you just don't expect life to just change the way it does. Uh, and the reality is, though, is I don't give a crap. I just don't anymore. Um, yes. When I well, came home, it scared it. me. <laughs> it scared me. It scared me, right? I didn't know what to do. But what I, I talked to anybody. I, I can meet you for the first time 
And I have I could care less if you find out if I I might even tell you that I went to prison just because it's a part of the story. You're asking me about who I am and what I am. You know, I could care less what you what you think of me. I'm just telling you who I am. If you got the problem, you're the one with the problem because I got a good life and I got wonderful people that surround me. I got excellent staff who work with me and they could care less about what I've done. You know, it's about who I am. You know, what's funny, Scott, is um, what I've been through and, you know, my criminal record and all that, blah, blah. You know, I, I, I believe right now that um, I don't know. I feel that I am more morally sound than 90 yes. percent of society, because if yes. I find a wallet. I'm returning it with all the money. If I find a phone, I'm going to grab that phone. I'm not turning into lost and found. I'm going to make sure that I find out exactly who owns that phone so they get their phone back because I know how important that is. Um, you know, stuff like that. So, um, you know, I remember one time I was at, out in the uh, woods and there's like a little campground or whatever and I found this wallet. It had like 600 bucks in it. I was so broke at the time and I'm just like, I pulled the dude's ID out and I looked at it and I like, I went to a couple campgrounds and finally the dudes like, these dudes were like some hillbillies or something. And they all had guns and stuff. I go, hey, uh, who's this guy, right? <laughs> here's your, I go, here's your wallet. And they all just looked at me like I was crazy, like they're going to shoot me. And I go, here's your wallet. And I like, here, handed it over to him. But, you know, it's like, I wasn't expecting a reward or something. But um, anyway, so um, I guess we're going to take another break. So we got to pay the bills. Um, Scott, hang on, because I got a couple more questions for you. And I'm sure Mars does, too. This demeanor, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionists. At Ruby, they've mastered the art of turning rings into relationships. Their team of remote receptionists answer all of your calls live as if they're right there in your office. And with Ruby's mobile app, you easily control just how they screen, transfer, and take your messages. Start setting your business apart today. Visit callruby.com slash startup radio to sign up or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code STARTUPRUBY. Tell them Dave and Lad sent you and you get $150 credit. Oh, Dave Dahl, that's such a sexy voice. Um, uh, Startup Ruby, the way you say that. If you're listening, which I hope you are, you're probably not, you're so busy. Anyways, we miss you um, here at the podcast, so hopefully you'll get a guest spot really soon. So, but anyways, back to Scott. <clears throat> so flustered by your voice, Dave. <laughs> um, <laughs> you did, you did have to, too much I, time. I have, to, I have to pump his ego a little bit because, you, know, um, you know, he's just a little guy. Um, anyways, I want to ask you about this, so I'm going to go, I'm going to switch gears a little bit because I think this is important and we only got like a little bit of time left, is the, uh, the Entrepreneur Foundation or whatever that you went to Washington, D.C., that's other entrepreneurs coming together to help people that don't really know they're entrepreneurs or whatever. Can we talk about your, uh, that little thing a little bit? Because I think that's important. Okay. I'd like to be a part of that if that's something that is possible because it sounds exciting. All right, so yeah, no, it's, okay, it's called Inmates to Entrepreneurs. It is exactly what the name is. And so you guys right now, in your phone, mhentrepreneurs.org. Um, we are an organ. We are now, we are a nonprofit now. Um, Brian sold his business and, uh, and his, you know, and did start doing this full time. So it starts off with, we have a couple of things that we do. We, we have what we call the, I have a dream speech where we go into a prison and, uh, talk to uh, the guys or girls for about two, two and a half hours about the, and run through the basics of entrepreneurship as quick as we can in that time period. And we have a sort of like a little curriculum that we follow. Um, 
We have had some, we've had guys, you know, done some longer stuff where they've gone to New York and Atlanta and places like that and tried like six or seven hour kind of uh, I have a dream speeches, which we sort of coined as a tent revival kind of mentality. Um, and then we have classes that we teach uh, and we teach regularly. Like right now we have Fayetteville, North Carolina has classes going as well as Wilmington, North Carolina has classes going. And so it's an eight class course. Uh, you have to participate in six classes to graduate, and we run through all the basics of entrepreneurship. And then if you would like afterwards, it's your call. Uh, we can, you know, help you out with mentorship as well. So, you know, we have a ver- people with in a variety of stages that a handful of us were incarcerated. A handful of us have not been incarcerated. Uh, but the board is mixed of is a mix of those who have been incarcerated and those who have not. Uh, our goal is we were like really pressing to go nationwide uh, quickly, and then yeah, uh, you don't know what you don't know until you face it. And so staff that runs the show started realizing that they needed to um, just learn a little bit more and stuff. Uh, that running a nonprofit versus running a for profit is a different story. And um, so uh, we've backed off only going nationwide as quickly as possible. But again, we teach incarcerated as well as formerly incarcerated to become business owners. I love that. That's awesome. I wish they would have had that like, you know, like 15, 20 years ago when I was had my entrepreneur mindset. I kept, kept we'd love out. to have you guys. You know, that's the thing. We we can hook you guys up as being mentors for people. I have a tattoo on my, my wrist, right, from a guy who, um, Eric Garcia, who opened up Black Diamond Tattoo in Las Vegas. I, yes. met, I met him via phone um, on uh, when he was still in L.A. We started talking. He moved to, to Vegas. We kept talking. He got a shop open. I went to Vegas for something. I had him tattoo me, and I told him, your job, I got a black diamond on my wrist. I told him he needs to make me a bracelet. That's how many, that's how many shops he needs to get open under black diamond. I love it. And, um, so we can do things from anywhere. You know, uh, it, It's possible. You know, We love people like you guys who are thinking outside of the box and who just, you know what, there's no secret sauce to business. It's just hard work and learning from mistakes. Oh my gosh, it's such hard work. A lot of people don't understand that. Yeah, um, yeah it's just like a, it's a sacrifice too. Sometimes, I mean, I wish that I'd had this business that just like, boom, took care of itself. But you know, it's like I just went to the coast fishing, and it's like, you know, it's like I feel like <laughs> I got to be there sometimes. I don't know. It's work, work, mm-hmm. work. Yep, yep. You know, but it's it's about about building a team, and so that's what I was talking about earlier. It's taken a long time for me to start really learn to be a leader and have a good team. And they, they've taken so much off my plate here recently. Like I said, I was just down in Florida because we just have launched Florida and things ran up here while I'm not here, you know, and I keep telling them, I, we're building this for you to take my jobs because I have other things I want to do, you know, and part of that is me and my wife, we just started a, um, a short-term rental uh, investment company called guest house. Uh, so we, um, we're going out and we are either leasing or partnering with landlords and uh, providing short-term rental managements for them, you know? And so I got other things I want to do besides hang out in the fitness world, you know? Right. You want to hang out at the tattoo shop? (laughs) I I would rather hang out at the tattoo shop. I love tattoo shops. Uh, They're they're much more interesting place some days. 
Okay, well, um, I, well, are we out of time? We out of time? We're pretty close. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay, anything you want to say, uh, you know, a last shout-out, either Mars or, or you, um, Scott Jennings from North Carolina? Mars is too quiet. I, well, you know, we, well, you know what, though? He, he balanced it really well. He had some good stuff he chimed in with. It was incredible. That is true. I got to give him props for uh, me just throwing yes. it. I think I just threw him in the mix. So anything else you want to yeah. say to uh, our audience the, about, you know, anything? Well, you know, um, I mean, in the, in the world of Felony Inc. and everything else that's happening, you know, anything is absolutely possible. You know, I, 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 I literally just did a keynote uh, thing over at uh, a federal prison the other day. And as I told those guys, um, you know, I'm, I'm a nobody. And when it comes to I'm just this kid who grew up and had a drug problem and got in trouble. And then when I got my crap together, anything became possible. But here's the deal is I had to say yes to life. I have to invest in myself every single day. Um, and I have to constantly be trying to grow. Uh, and with that, everything's possible. I don't believe in mediocre. I don't want to be mediocre. Mediocre is boring. So everyone should uh, watch that movie, Yes Man, by Jim Carrey. I have not seen that. Oh, you got to watch it. It's awesome. Oh, okay. <coughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. I think I have. I think I have. Um, okay. Anyhow, we'll save that for another time. Okay. Hey, it's nice meeting you. Stay on the phone because I want to say something to you after we yeah, go It was nice meeting you, Scott. I love Scott. that story. Yep. Great job, well, man. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me back on. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen. Learn. Launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.